1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. In the early hours of this morning as I prayed about today's broadcast, the Lord was very clear with me about the message that I needed to bring to you. My immediate response was, Lord, no. How can I say that? I don't want to give that message. But I am compelled, not having been released, to come and share this message with you. I've been listening to a number of nationally known pastors as they have been addressing the question of Ukraine and Russia, as they have been speaking about the gospel to their churches, I have found one very discordant note that the Lord has brought to me, and it's with no pleasure that I bring this message to you. I am, I am ashamed, I am afraid, I don't think I can give it boldly but I will give it. As I listened uh, particularly to one pastor that is nationally known, Mega Church, a man I dearly love, I've had sat and eaten with him, sat and chatted with his staff, prayed together. This is a man I have great respect for. But as I listened to his presentation on the Ukraine-Russian trauma, his message was, we must love our enemies. So defend your country in any way you need to defend it with a clear conscience, but don't hate your enemies. Well, he's right. That is a good message. But there is a fundamental problem that we face, and we must deal with it honestly and in a straightforward manner. He is saying you must love your enemy. But there's something that comes before we're able to love our enemies. And that is deep, heartfelt repentance and turning from our wicked ways. But we as the church today say, we're good to go. We're okay. We're saved. When in fact, the church today is not good to go. None of us in America are good to go. There must come a dramatic change in our hearts and in our lives and in our values. Many Christians live in the Ukraine. I would have been much more comfortable with this man's sermon if he had said to the Ukrainian people and to the Russian people, you must repent and turn to Jesus. And trust him to deliver your life. Ukraine is being destroyed. But it's largely happening because of America's actions. What do I mean? Well, I'm old enough to remember when President Kennedy had a standoff with Russia over their putting missiles in Cuba. And now, the United States wants to put missiles in the Ukraine. And Putin is saying no. So, Putin is only doing what we Americans would have done had he gone forward and put those missiles in Cuba. My folks used to have a saying, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But whoever's fault it is, it is an absolute travesty and tragic occurrence, and men and women are dying. Children are dying. At some point, don't we have to stop and reevaluate and say, how can we continue? these wonderful sermons on the supposition that everybody is good to go and we're all on our way to heaven, I hear men and women say, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. When I know in their personal life they're walking in wickedness. They're lukewarm. They're Laodicea. Now, all of us have walked in that in that message to the church at Laodicea. I have, and you have. That's why Evan Roberts in the Welsh revival kept crying out, Oh God, bend me, break me. We're going to have to cry that same prayer. We foolishly believe that all we need is some more information and some more strategies for success, and we're good to go. No, we're not. We are not. Our lives demonstrate a love of this world, of the flesh, and of the devil. And it has to be broken. I'm heartbroken over what's happening. But I want to tell you, in all honesty, that will also come to America. America will also be destroyed. We are being destroyed now. We have been given over to an utterly corrupt government, a state of a union message filled with lies. I mean, we're in trouble. We've been given over to an economy that is dishonest and failing. And they may tout that, oh, we had more than 400,000 new jobs last month. Yeah, that's true. But did they tell you we had... 800,000 first-time applicants for unemployment. Our economy is crashing. It's imploding. Economists, Economists are telling us that gas will go to probably 150. I heard one economist this morning say, no, it'll go to 200 or 250. You know what that would mean for your gas tank are you ready to pay 10 or 15 dollars a gallon for your gas i'm not that would be catastrophic to america if america does not repent in vast numbers in government in the bureaucracy in the court systems, in the legislative branch, if there is not a genuine turning to God in repentance in America, America will be destroyed. I titled this broadcast today. I don't even want to say it. I struggled with this title, but it's what the Lord gave me. It's entitled, The Lord's Anger Burns Against Us. I want you to understand, the Lord's anger is burning against you, and against me, and against this nation. And most particularly, it is burning against the American church. And his judgment of death and destruction will come upon this nation and upon this American church if we don't reevaluate and come to terms with who God is and what he expects. It can no longer be church as usual. There must be an honest reevaluation and a searching and a pleading O God, bend us, break us, change us. We have walked in unholiness before Him for so long. We have become self-assured that we are on the way to heaven. But when we look at the Scriptures, it's very clear that it's a lie, that it's not the truth. To see why this message is difficult for me. I'm going to take us back to talk about Balaam today. He gave three oracles. He was called by Balak, the king of Moab, to curse the children of Israel. And he gave these three oracles. I shared those with you yesterday through oracle number one. Let's go to oracle number two. Balak says to Balaam, Come with me to another place where you can see them. You will see only a part, but not all of them. And from there, curse them for me. This is Numbers, the 23rd chapter, beginning now with verse 14. So he took him to the field on top of Pisgah, and there he built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, stay here beside your offering while I meet with God over there. (coughs) The Lord met with Balaam. Now Balaam believes in the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, but he is also a sorcerer. He walks in the occult world. He knows the word of God. He knows the will of God. But his flesh rules. And what's happened in America and the American church is that we've been taught what God wants, but we've come up with lies to cover ourselves so that we're not, having to change and cut off the world and the flesh and the devil. We want to continue with the wickedness, with the lifestyle of the rich and the famous. So the Lord met with Balaam, and he put a message in his mouth. Go back to Balaam and give him this message. He uttered this oracle. Arise, Balak, and listen. "'Hear me. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob, no misery observed in Israel.' The Lord their God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. There is no sorcery against Jacob. No divination against Israel. That's a vital point. Many, even some of you, or family members are afflicted by demonic presence and by divination against you by friends or relatives. If you're walking in Jesus as you ought to be, no sorcery and no divination will work against you. The Lord is more powerful than any demonic power. Well, he continues in this oracle and Balaam says God has declared a blessing. So Balak replies, neither curse them at all nor bless them. So stop blessing them and don't curse them. Just go home. Well, one more time, Balaam says, build me seven altars And prepare seven bulls and seven rams. Now, why would he do that? Because he already knows God told him not to go. And then God changed his mind. And then God was going to kill him, but he let him off. So Balaam is hoping that God will change his mind and bless him in the midst of his wickedness. God will not bless his people in the midst of disobedience, lukewarmness. He will not bless us in disobedience. He will be kind to us. And that kindness is meant to bring us to repentance. And many of you have experienced, as I have, incredible kindness from Jesus. He is long-suffering. He is patient. but I want God to be more than long-suffering and patient with me. I want his blessing. I want his friendship. I want to walk with him. I want to be seated beside him in the heavenly realm. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord, this is chapter 24 of Numbers, he did not resort to sorcery as he had at other times. So he entered the spirit realm through sorcery twice but this time he just goes to God straight up and God came and gave him another oracle the oracle of Balaam the oracle of the one who sees clearly the oracle of one who hears the words of God and some of you say oh I see clearly I'm saved I hear the word of God. But watch what happens to him. How beautiful are your tents, verse 5, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. Like valleys spread out, like gardens beside a river, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters, water will flow from their buckets, their seeds will have abundant water. And may those who bless you be blessed. And those who curse you be cursed. Well, Balak is really angry now. And in verse 10, he struck his hands together and he said to him, I summoned you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now leave at once and go home. I said, I would reward you handsomely. But the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. And Balaam whines. Did I not tell the messengers you sent me? Even if Balak gives me his palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything of my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord? Oh, he sounds like a real sweetie, doesn't he? Like a very devout man of God. I must only say what the Lord says. Now I'm going to go back to my people. His people were in Mesopotamia. He did not claim the children of Israel as his people. He could have gone down off that mountain and joined Moses and the children of Israel. But he had no heart to walk with the children of Israel. He wanted his money. He wanted his lifestyle. He wanted his deal. Now I'm going back to my people. But come, let me warn you of what this people will do to your people in days to come. And he gives this oracle. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He's prophesying the coming of the Messiah. This man who who is somehow able to speak the truth but not the whole truth. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of the noisy boasters. Edom will be conquered. Sir, his enemy will be conquered, but Israel will grow strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city. Well, he gives this oracle. Ah, who can live when God does this? Ships will come from shores of Kittim. They will subdue Asher and Eber, but they too will come to ruin. Then Balaam got up and returned home, and Balak went his own way. And you would think that would be the end of the story, but it's not. Let me tell you the rest of the story. While Israel is camped, the men, this is chapter 25, began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. And the people ate and bowed down before these gods. So Israel joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. The Lord's anger burns against America today. The Lord's anger burns against the Church of America. I have pleaded with the Lord to turn his anger aside from me and from the church, from you. But I know the only way his anger can be turned aside is to walk in righteousness, to recognize that our jobs are not first, our families are not first, that Jesus is first. Literally, Jesus is first. He is God. And your life hangs in the balance. Your life hangs in the balance. The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, that is the leaders of the old Israelite church. Take all the leaders of these people and kill them. Expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the Israel judges, Each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. Now remember, it is always Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus, who comes and speaks in the Old Testament. Then an Israelite man brought to his family a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And when Phinehas son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest saw this he left the assembly took a spear in his hand and followed the Israelite into the tent he drove the tent through the body of them both through the Israelite and into the woman's body. And then the plague against Israel was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000 people. 24,000 people died who called themselves Israelites, who said they were on their way to the promised land, who had walked through the desert, who had seen the hand of God, Well, how did Balak know to cause a temptation to the children of Israel to come and worship a false god? How did Balak know to set that up? Well, the scripture gives us that answer. This is Numbers 31. The Lord said to Moses, Take vengeance on the Midianites for the Israelites, and after that you will be gathered to your people. Verse 7. So they fought against Midian as the Lord commanded Moses and killed every man. And among their victims, the five kings of Midian. And then this very terse note they also killed Balaam with the sword. They killed Balaam. Well, why was Balaam there? I thought he was going to go home to Mesopotamia, back to his family and his life. No, he wanted the money. And in his wicked heart, he knew they could make God angry by worshiping the false gods. And that God's judgment would come upon them. He could not incite God against the people. But he could incite the people against God. And that is what has happened in America and in the American church. Lies have been taught. We now assume that everybody is on their way to heaven and God loves everybody and there's unconditional love and you can walk in your sin, you're still saved. Once saved, always saved. We have lied. And the people of God, we have worshipped false gods. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, where have you spent your time? What do you think about through the day? Where is your heart? Who has your heart? Does Jesus have your heart? No. Your job. Your family. Your entertainment. Your lifestyle. That's what has the heart of America. Not Jesus. The government tells us you have to shut down your churches. But they don't tell Costco to shut down. They don't tell Target to shut down. They don't tell the bars to shut down. Oh, but you have to shut down your churches because your churches are not necessary. And pastor after pastor rolled over and said, okay, we'll close. Yes, sir. We're supposed to obey the government. Wrong. We're supposed to obey Jesus first. But Jesus is not first in the church in America. Success is first. Prestige is first. Today it's whoever can gather the biggest number of, of sticks and pile them up and have a mega church. The question is not who can pile up the most sticks. The question is who can set them ablaze with righteousness and holiness I've pastored in some very large congregations. One of over 3,000. I can tell you now, I would rather have a little body of people, maybe 10 or 15, who are truly seeking after Jesus than 3,000 plus who are not seeking after Jesus but are comfortable in their wickedness. And that's what we're faced with. Everybody's okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Let's have a good time. Can I be honest? Good times are screeching to a halt in America. We will see those good times screech to a halt in very dramatic ways as we move into June, July, August of this year famine is coming pestilence is coming again death will rule in America unless America repents and quickly it gives me no pleasure to say that but if I look in the book of Romans the first chapter I'll just read this for you may I Do you show contempt? This is Romans two verse four. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, His tolerance, his patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done, not according to what Jesus did, according to what you have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek honor and glory, immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth, who follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. God does not show favoritism. Now if we go to the book of Revelation, I'll begin reading in chapter 3. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation, and that's Jesus. Verse 15 I know your deeds. I know what you're doing, he's saying. That you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. He is angry. He is angry with us. His wrath burns against us. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need anything. I can make it on my own. But you do not realize you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind naked I counsel you buy from me gold refined in the fire that is faith in other words begin to trust in god and cry out to him and ask him to remove his anger from you from your life and to bless you with righteousness with white clothes revelation 19:8 the white clothes are acts of righteousness on our part in obedience to Jesus, turning away from the world. This righteousness that we perform is done by the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It's not by works, it's by faith in Jesus, but it's God's faith in us that's working. And it covers our nakedness. Right now, the church in America is utterly naked. We are ugly before God. We have not covered our shameful nakedness with righteous deeds. We have served the world, the flesh, and the devil. We've served our government before Jesus. And he says, you need salve to put on your eyes so you can see. We're blind. I know this message is... Very uncomfortable for many of you. One woman that I was speaking with, as I said these kinds of things to her, she got very, very angry, irate with me, and said, I'm sick of hearing that, Pastor. Don't talk to me about this anymore. I'm fine just the way I am. I'm a mature Christian. I'm on my way to heaven. Don't tell me I've got to go back and reevaluate my life before Jesus. I am good to go. He has covered me with his grace. I am dressed in Jesus. And when God looks at me, he doesn't see me. He just sees Jesus. I said, sister, you've been lied to. It's not true. Go back. Read the scriptures. Read First John very carefully. Pray it through. Read the sixth chapter of Romans very carefully. Read it through and pray it through. And I could have given her many other scriptures, but she was already leaving. She was walking away. I don't want to hear it. Hands up. I don't want to hear it, Pastor. Don't talk to me anymore. Whoa. Oh, my heart broke. You see, I don't want to make you angry. I don't want to discourage you. I don't want you to turn away and not trust the word that I bring to you day by day. But the Lord said, tell my people in America, my anger burns against you. And if that doesn't change, and change quickly, we will lose everything in America. We will be stripped of our lifestyle. We'll go to a third world nation status in terms of income and output. And there will be famine in America. And many will die of famine and pestilence. The judgment of God is going to come upon our nation we have been exceedingly wicked as a nation with the murder of innocent children and babies pedophilia every kind of sexual perversion i have a friend who who said he's been watching some of the marvel movies well you know what they are they're demonic And they are laying the foundation for the return of the Nephilim found in Genesis. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. We are going to see incredible destruction in this land. And it makes me weep. And I'm just crying out and saying, oh God, bend me. Bend me. Break me. Turn your wrath aside from me by your grace and your mercy. I plead that I not do or say anything that would cause God to be angry with me. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke. And I discipline, verse 19, Revelation 3, verse 19. So be earnest. That is, be zealous. That is, put your whole heart into it and repent. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He stands at the door and he stands at the door to either come in and fellowship with us or to bring total judgment upon us. Is God angry with you? If you say no, and you're an American, you've not understood this message to the church at Laodicea because God is angry with America, and he's angry with you and me. And I'm crying out to God about this. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm weeping before God. I cannot assume that you who listen. I cannot assume that my life, that I'm okay and good to go. I cannot assume that I'm an American I have sometimes said, can Americans even be saved? We've walked in such darkness and such casualness and such pride before a holy God who's not going to put up with it. He didn't put up with it with the Baal of Peor. He killed 24,000 people. And then he had Balaam executed by the children of Israel. And he had all of those who tempted Israel, slain. Their leaders and the and the army, they were all slain. They were killed. Here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He will come in fellowship with us. I want the fellowship of Jesus. But then he gives this caveat to him who overcomes. The word overcome means there's going to be strong opposition. You're going to have to have strong opposition as you make a decision to turn totally to Jesus and you begin to pray the same prayer I'm praying, Lord, deliver me from every wicked thing, even those things I don't know about, that no anger on your part would be against me, that instead I would open the door and you would come in and you would fellowship with me. That's what I want. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. You must overcome, my brother, my sister, all sin, all darkness. You must be totally given over to Jesus. If there are questionable things that you are doing or thinking Evan Roberts from the Welsh Revival would say, cut it off. Any questionable thing, cut it off. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. If you have an ear, hear what I've said to you today. I pray that I've not discouraged you or caused you to become angry. That's not my heart. My heart is your salvation and my salvation. But as we are now, we are still very much lukewarm. And the Lord has been showing me areas where I am still lukewarm and I'm crying out to God and I'm saying, change me it's not by works it's not by it's not by human effort it's by the work of the spirit in our hearts but it means being totally given to him and giving him the freedom to wash and cleanse us by the blood of jesus self help will not work here it is a sovereign work of almighty god self evaluation will not work it is it is a total turning to jesus And asking him, please, Lord, turn aside your wrath from me. Until you're willing to admit that God is angry with you and with the church and with America, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for you. Hope comes out of repentance. Hope comes out of a total giving of ourselves to Jesus. Hope comes as we instantly obey the commands of the Holy Spirit and do not walk in the way of darkness. That's what I want. Let's pray. Lord, I come recognizing that your, your word, your Bible, your scripture tells us that you are angry at all wickedness, that your wrath is going to come in judgment on all uncleanness and yes, on all who are lukewarm. Lord, I pray that this word will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it out and that there will be a crying out before you today on the part of each brother and sister who listens to this message, that you would bring real anguish to our hearts and that we would be bent and broken and humbled before your righteous throne. Lord, give us the courage to stop assuming that we're good to go while in fact we're not at all. Lord, we've believed lies because they were comfortable and comforting. They were enjoyable lies. But, Lord, we can no longer have a refuge of lies and expect to have fellowship with you. And what I want and what my brothers and sisters want is fellowship with you, Jesus. So please come quickly and minister, Lord, to our brokenness. Thank you, Lord. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I didn't want to give you this message today, but there it is, stark and reality. I'd like to hear from you. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195, or go to our webpage, com. I was greatly encouraged by Dr. Beth and by others who gave generously yesterday for the work of the gospel. You encouraged my heart. I thank you for that gift. So go to nationalprayerchapel.com, one word and there you'll find many resources that will help you in your work of repentance. And I pray that you will hear the Holy Spirit if he tells you to donate and give for this work of the gospel. I love you, my brother and my sister. I've spoken this word because I do love you. And I have to be faithful before Jesus, so I have no apology. I simply have a broken heart. Thank you for hearing, for listening, for letting the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. I'm looking for a, a raging fire to begin to burn in each of our hearts as the Holy Spirit does his work of bending us and getting us ready for the work of God in this, in this nation, this wicked nation. There will be a revival. I just don't know how widespread it will be. I trust Jesus. His word is sure. He does what he promises. But right now, we have to get ready for that. And we must cry out to the Lord for mercy. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon. To present you blameless
0: Before the presence of His glory With great joy With great joy Now unto Him who is able To keep you from falling And to present you blameless of his glory with great joy with great joy to the only god our savior through jesus christ alone. let's
1: see if something three-star general michael j flan head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's